and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to hello. episode 13, lucky number 13 Do of the Woodshop Podcast. Do I sound good? You sound fantastic. Okay, good. okay oh, my so contract sorry. ends at episode 13, so we'll renegotiate my salary. Episodes 13. Uh, yes, just a heads so. up to everyone, we're looking for a third starting this week, so if uh, <laughs> yeah. anyone's interested in joining, that would be great. But, What's up? But guys, 13. listen, we made it to 13 episodes and we've got some pretty big news. Oh. We got our first sponsor, and I'm Ooh, proud to announce baby. that this week's episode is brought to you by Bear Hollow Supply. Seriously, we've all got hardware from those guys, and it's great yeah, stuff. Yes. I mean, it's really good, awesome. really good hardware. I have some legs I'm going to be using on the build I've been working on, the cedar slab, and um, and some bed I got hardware. a barn door set that I'm working on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and and it's quite, it's really nice stuff too. I'm very excited. Yep. We're very happy Super with nice. the Super well quality built. of it. And it's made in the United States. They're based out of Ohio. Um, family-owned company, and they're really great guys. So uh, really proud to be sponsored by them, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave them some love, and Pete will get some of their information in the show notes if you yep. haven't checked them out already. So um, other than that, we've got another voicemail-packed episode this week, and we won't be getting – quite literally all voicemails. It will be all – voicemails which you guys are awesome for getting in all these voicemails this week we got Me, like 90 voicemails <clears throat> on. yeah 90 we are set <clears throat> for the next 57 episodes we did the math pre yep. pre-show and it's 57 episodes so um, i mean we got 90 but we're only gonna play eight <laughs> right well then i might <laughs> only eight of the best a little bit eight also <laughs> we got eight and we're probably gonna play four but uh <laughs> you know it's all good so um, I mean, I guess we should still jump into our what's on the old workbench. So I'm going to go throw it to Dan because he's got a pretty cool one going on. What you got going on, buddy? I'm finally working on that walnut desk yes. system. It looks and so good. I'm super pumped about it. I am I'm, too. I'm doing all kinds of crazy joinery I've never done before. So I'm really pumped and I'm, that I'm happy to fix. be sharing it. And it looks Primo. good. Primo. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You did a great job. And... The- I actually got some other little projects I need to do on the side. I had somebody bring over a uh, like a built-in cutting board in their old 1920s house. Yeah, like into the to... cabinets? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to remake it entirely because this thing is made out of like particle board or something. Oh, God. Mine is too. From my yeah, house. The so... one that's built in mine is like MDF. Like, right. What? And he disgusting. wanted to know if I could restore it. I'm like, I say in this and it's going to go down to the particle board. We're better off just remaking it. So. Yeah. I'll do that in between, like, glue-ups or something. I need to do the same thing. What are you doing, Pete? Me, I am I am restoring. I started uh, last night setting up for restoring a couple of hand planes. I have a number three Stanley Sweetheart that I just cannot wait to restore. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Sweetheart series is, like, a very limited run of Stanley hand planes uh, that were made by the uh, the owner. The actual guy that started it, uh, Stephen Stanley, something Stan, Stephen Stanley. I forget the first name. Um, a name dropper. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> very, very stoked too. And it actually, it's cool because the the blade of the plane actually has like a heart underneath uh, the Stanley logo, and it says SW in it. So stoked for that. Getting that set up. I also got to work on a project that I had to keep under wraps. Uh, one of my very good friends and former coworkers at a 
um, let's just say a fruit-themed computer company, mm, peaches. Uh, <laughs> hit his 15 years. Yep, Peach Electronics. <laughs> uh, he hit 15 years at the company. They usually give you like a little plaque for five years. You get a, a crystal peach, let's say, um, <laughs> for your tenure. And for 15 years, I think you just get like a little letter or something like, all right, you've been here for a while. So you get. <laughs> um, so I made him, I carved one out of a walnut. And then on the back of it, I, I was very excited. I got this engraving bit uh, from Tools Today, and it's freaking awesome. I got I got to do very fine lettering on the back of it, and it engraved so well. I'm just gonna engrave everything now. Mm. Uh, like all I'm your peaches, super stoked to use it. All the, all the peaches. <laughs> um, it's really cool. I mean, I, I I feel like I don't trust the CNC to be like that accurate. It's it's so accurate and more. It's it's just like printing. It's crazy. Like I try to like give it like a little bit of tolerance here or there, and I don't need to. It just like hits it dead on. Uh-uh. Uh, aside from that, I poured some epoxy and uh, screwed up the ratio. I guess a little bit. I maybe just miscounted my pumps, so I have some stuff that's instead of drying in twenty four hours is going to take a week to dry or cure completely. Mm. And uh, I finished a whole bunch of cutting boards. So now they're just going up on Etsy, and I got everybody got a couple orders from like Facebook and and Instagram from friends and family, nice. which is good. You know, got I got a lot of requests or questions. Then I send the prices and pictures, and then only some of them respond. Right. It's weird. <laughs> it's almost like people don't know what they cost sometimes. <laughs> weird how that works. Yeah, I had someone ask me. Oh, this is like uh, two weeks ago, and they were like, "Hey, I heard you make cutting boards." Like a former coworker. I'm like, yeah. And I like sent him pictures. They're like, "Oh, that one." And I sent him the price. They're like, "Oh, whoa!" I was looking for like thirty dollars, maybe. Mm. I'm like, "You just picked a like a eighteen by thirteen end grain cutting board." <laughs> <laughs> they just sorry, want a stick of walnut that they have to work with. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. You basically just have thirty dollars of glue in that in that board, <laughs> right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh. um, and one very exciting thing: I am after this show records going to pick up a track saw oh, I'm a so brand new track saw that i got a great deal on from our wonderful community someone that i chat with regularly just happened to i don't know how but have an extra one <laughs> fell off the truck or something <laughs> but i'm i'm really stoked uh he reached out because he saw me using my friends and i jumped on a deal and this is another reason why this community is so freaking awesome have you used a track saw i mean outside work. of your friends i mean you've used one i guess your friends but i mean I, i've used one before yeah, yeah. dude it's, it's just it's one of those tools where you're like, how did I not, how did I get by without this before? I, yeah. when I got one, I was like, what? This is, it's such a game changer. Like, it's just, it really is a, a really so incredible tool. Like, it really is just a great tool. I really recommend it. I'm blown away by the track itself. The, just a simple rubber pad. I guess it's enough surface area where it doesn't really move. Yeah, it doesn't move. Like, you don't need to clamp it, nope. but you can. And those match fit clamps actually fit in the tracks underneath. I was going to ask yeah, you about that. I they're the same them. size, right? Oh, yeah. They're the same size for all of them. So those match fit, clamps slide underneath there and they work so you could you don't have to buy special track clamps for them you can just use oh. the match fit clamps i've been using it i've been doing it all the time so it's michael jake hit me up right <laughs> it's a <laughs> they listen they're big fans um <laughs> uh, what about you mike what are you working on uh it's been it was kind of a weird week um it wasn't like a really great week but uh it was just it was my birthday tuesday and um Woo! Everything was that's going on in the world was kind of really hitting the fan on Tuesday, it seemed, too. So not that I'm like a victim or anything. I'm not trying to make myself sound like a victim. There's much more important 
fish to fry right now. Uh, but it was just kind of a, dis- I don't want to say distracting is the right word. Um, but it was just, a, it was an interesting week, I think, for everyone. It was a there's week. A, there was a lot going on. There's history being made. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it was kind of hard to focus. And there was a lot of stuff going on around, not in our neighborhood, but not super far away. So nights were kind of weird. Uh, I was kind of vigilant at nighttime because of the looting and rioting that was going on. So Same over here. Yeah. So it was just kind of late nights and not much sleep on a few of them. So, uh, but in terms of the shop, I have been thinking about it the whole time you guys have been talking and I can't really remember what I did this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm i like, man, what did I do? some sort of shelf, right? Well, I, that was, yes. Yeah. So yesterday, so I've been working on this clamp rack. Um, I got to get all my parallel clamps into a different configuration and I designed this clamp rack infusion a few weeks back and I made a cut list. I did a whole set of plans for it. The plans are already done. They look great. Uh, but I needed to finally build them because I'm I have a just huge glut of wood on the entryway to my shop from from uh, the through the garage doors and it's just piled up on top of all my um all my clamps right now and it's just really impossible to get to them. So I need to get that area organized and the best way to do it is to get this clamp rack done. So <clears throat> I started on the clamp rack. It was really a slow week of working on that. I got very little shop time this week. Which compounds issues for me because that's therapy, you know. You guys know how it is. Getting in the shop yeah. is how you get yeah. get your mind cleared. So, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I kind of Saturday morning, my wife and I were just, ta- or yesterday morning, my wife and I were talking, and we're in our bathroom, and I'm like, man, there really needs to be a shelf here. And she's like, yeah, that'd be nice. And I made that over the toilet shelf a couple weeks back or last week. Who knows? It's all blur. But um, I have some of that. I use that thermally treated red oak, and I had. I had a decent amount of that left over and it turns out I had basically exactly what I needed to make this other little shelf. So <laughs> I, awesome. I made this little shelf late yesterday. I smacked it out. You know, I got to use my domino, which is really a fun tool. It really is fun. It's just, it's just a fun tool to use. Um, I've, I've heard it's uh you need to get one. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a yeah. uh, Seaford buddy has another truck driving by that. <laughs> has one fall off. <laughs> so um, it's a, uh, it was nice. It was just a relaxing, like, oh, I had an, I had a design in my head I'd just thought of and I was able to knock it out. That's like the best thing about woodworking, you know? Something pops in your head yeah. and you can go make it. So, I uh, made that. It's done. It's sitting in my shop right now. I need to go spray it after we're done here. And then I'm back onto the clamp rack. I do have a lot going on, though. I have um, a cedar slab that I had milled last year that I'm turning into a bench. I have to stabilize that with epoxy. Um, I have that giant redwood slab. So, my friend... He's my neighbor, literally across the fence. He's, I mentioned him before. He's the guy that helped me with the guitar. And he, he got the other half of the slab that we had Reese on. And he spent his whole week cleaning it up. He got a cuts all because the, <clears throat> the way they had done the live edge on it, it almost looked like a topographical map. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was really, it didn't look nice. It was a very 80s look what they had done to the side. So he hit it with a cut saw and smoothed the edges over. And they have a, their son is in, he's like a crazy person. Um, he's a really sweet boy, but he's crazy. He gets hurt really bad all the time. Cause he's like really spastic. And uh, with the live edge, he probably would have cracked his head wide open. So they, he softened all the edges down it, and it looks really nice. Um, but his has a ton of cracks in it too. So I had bounced stuff off of you guys this week as well. I have this, I have my slab. I don't know if I just want to, fill it with epoxy or if I want to build a giant form around it and turn it into one of those giant rectangular epoxy tables. I don't know what I want to do. Um, and I'm having a hard time deciding because I'm not like a big epoxy poor guy. 
Yeah, but, I know you're not a big yeah. epoxy pour guy, but it'll but I, sell I have for an it. idea that we haven't talked about that I haven't. Hey, let's do it now. Bounced off of you. Let's do it. Uh, cut it into quarters, and then flip the corners Ooh. into the corners, and the epoxy will be in the middle. And the mm. that would look cool. So it's like, like a, I, I know you don't like table, epoxy, but yeah, we like flip it and flip it this way. So it'd be like a pond table almost. A pond table, I like that. Right, because it'd be in the middle. But it, I mean, it'd come yeah. around all four yeah, sides. Yeah, the epoxy would be in the middle. Well, it'd be pooled in the middle, right? The corners. Yeah. Yeah, we see that a lot with like cut. Uh, people do like charcuterie boards. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have off That's a really good so. idea, Dan. That would look cool. Actually, I should do that. I'm not going to give you any credit. I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, no, it's I not could. an original idea. I've seen other people. Do no, but it, I, I hadn't thought of it, so it's your idea for sure. Uh, that's a really actually something I need to consider. Yeah, I'm going to trade. And if that. you call it a pond table, you won't get sued. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's important. Last too. conversation. Let's go into that. Yeah. So um, let's take legal advice from this podcast. So that's my week. Oh, I have I have a quote out to a gal that it was that went radio silent, and uh, then she reached out to me Friday. I actually need to get back to her today. Oh, nice. So um, that's good. We'll see. I think I. I uh, we'll see how that goes, and then I have another quote sitting out there that's been just dangling. I actually need to follow up on that too. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of been my week. Um, you guys want to jump right into some questions here? Let's jump right into voicemails. Let me uh, yes. pull it up here because I didn't have it ready. Um, <laughs> well, so much for an hour labbing on. Um, so <laughs> this first one is from uh, Josh the dad. Josh, thank you for calling in every week. We really do appreciate it. Your voicemails are high quality, and we really appreciate that. So he's got a lovely uh, voice. He's got a great radio voice, and he did a podcast. Uh, that's you know, he did a podcast. He mentioned it in the notes, or he actually might mention it. No, he mentioned it in his email. He did a podcast three years ago, and he's got a good voice for it. So, here's Josh's question. I'm gonna play that right now. Hey guys, it's Josh of Josh the Dad One of the Big IG. That's right. I have nothing better to do other than to send you questions to keep your content flowing for your podcast. <laughs> Anyways, hey. Big question of the week. Here it is. Okay, we're dealing with, I, I know you've talked in the past about stains and oils and all that kind of stuff, but where do you guys stand on brand? I, I, you don't have to say exactly which brand you use. I, I'm just curious. Is I always look at things as like, oh, is it a is it a Windows or an Apple thing? You know, there's always those people. I, I deal with IT, so I'm a Windows guy. I'm always a Windows guy or I'm a, an Apple guy. That's the only thing I do. You know, I... Is that kind of how you got to look at stains and shellacs and lacquers and oils and all that? You find a brand you like, you enjoy it, you stick with it, and that's who you are? Or are there some brands that are better than, legitimately better than others? Just kind of curious. Hey, you guys have a great week. Till next time. Pete, why don't you go take this one? So for me, a lot of it started out with what was the cheapest in a store and there was the most of. So like, you know, you got the min waxes. Uh, what's the other one that's like popular in the store? Yeah, like those, which I think they're all owned by the same company now. I think Varathane's um, owned by Rust-Oleum. Oh, Rust-Oleum, you're right. My apologies. But Idiot. yeah, it's the, that's the two that I kind of... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love my support system. Great. Uh, but that's the one. I knew I could I, make Dan laugh. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't use that much stain. Uh, as far as like finishes, I, I I was told very early on, find one you like that you know how to apply well that works and looks good, and just stick with it. When are you going to do have that? To experiment all the time, <laughs> sir. Uh, so I found the white bond poly works really well well for me, and I like the satin finish yeah. because it's right dead center. And, centering of like 
it's kind of glossy, but it's matte finish, so it's fine. And uh, as far as does it, you know, is there a better or worse? Absolutely. Just like anything else, uh, a lot of times when it's a more expensive finish, it's better. Like um, any like the, like Rubio or uh, Dan, which one do you use a lot? Well, I might as well, that I, was I, my I, two cents. I want to throw it to Dan now because you do a lot of this. Well, I use a lot of the Verathane water-based poly these days because I like to spray it because it dries fast and it's it seems like a very good product. But I I do agree with uh, find one you like and stick with it that that you can apply well. However, if I want to try something new, I do like experimenting and whatever. So I'll I'll use different things on personal projects. I'm not going to do that on a client project because mm-hmm. I have to stick with what I know works yes. and what's good. Um, I'm not brand loyal by any means. Um, I could be for the right <laughs> amount of dollars. Hit me up. Um, What's the really good, fancier one? General Finishes? That's the one, right? Yeah, General Finishes. Yeah. They make really good stuff, but it's like twice the price of Verathane. And I, I'm very happy with Verathane, so I stick with that most of the time. Um, as far as stains go, yeah, I don't use a whole lot of stains. General Finishes, once again, has a good stain. Uh, like the gel stains work way better than, uh, general finishes, gel stains work way better than Minwax, but you know, you get what you pay for basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my long winded rambling answer. I guess. <laughs> that wasn't long winded. I mean, Mikey Mike long winded for me. <laughs> yeah. Not for down. you guys. Pipe, pipe down over there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I talk about different things I'm trying all the time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the quest to find. I don't think there's like one good finish for everything. There's just not. My my big point is is that different brands excel at different things and different products excel at different things. So um Dan got me on board with water poly, specifically Verathane. I'm actually gonna be heading to go pick up some more because I've been testing it a lot lately. And it does man, it almost it doesn't atomize right away, but it's dry in like forty five minutes at the most between coats. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, I know there's stuff you can do like catalyzed lacquer and stuff that's like instantly dry as soon as it hits, it atomizes out of the, uh, out of the sprayer and hits the, hits the finish and it's dried. Um, it comes out. Yeah. But what you, what you get with the water poly is the low or no VOCs, which is nice. I, I'm not arguing with you. I'd rather have the no VOC spray in my, if I have to spray in my shop, I can, I can drop a curtain down somewhere and do it, um, and not have to worry about it. It's, I'm definitely leaning towards getting away from caustic finishes um any i mean oil-based i'm kind of it it looks better in my opinion oil-based looks better but yeah it's not so much better that i want to breathe it in even if when i'm using a thing i have to like clear out the area i don't have a full shop i have my garage so i want to be able to spray it in my space and or be outside. So for me, that's why I tried Odie's last week. And I'm like, man, Odie's is it's really nice stuff. I'm really probably gonna be using that a lot. Um, when I'm spraying, it's gonna be water poly. Uh, when I'm if I got to do oil, it's I've, I'm trying to find an oil situation there. It's probably gonna be Armor Seal. Realistically, I mean, I love Armor Seal, and I'm told it spray res, sprays really well. So um, in terms of like actual loyalty. Not really. Uh, I mean, I am pretty brand loyal, actually. Um, but, like, with finishes and stuff, it's just so – there's so many different applications and so many different brands do certain do well in these different applications or not. So, it's really 
specific situation of wood specific situational yeah, yeah so um mm. you know there's some I mean, certain woods you don't need to worry about it but like a walnut you probably want to hit with an oil finish but right. you don't need to yeah but everything else any any lighter wood it really won't matter yeah it's exactly no, like maple i'll spray i i'd rather spray with a water base because it doesn't yellow I like to keep maple white. Yeah. Yep. Same. That lighter color and not, yep. not make it yellowing. Yep. I agree. Good call. 100%. So for like a darker wood, you know, I usually go towards an oil. For a lighter wood, I go for a water. Well, sometimes if I have, a, you know, a lighter wood that I want to yellow, not maple, but there's certain situations where you're trying to match a look in a space. But when you're making a new it's super situational. The answer is it's super situational. Yep. I'm not going to dra- drag this on any farther. So, I think that that answers that from both for, from all of us. I think it's just um, whatever's best for this for the for the use case, right? Yep. Cool. Yep. All right. We got to keep the pace up because that's way too slow. We're gonna go to. Uh, <laughs> I was droning on. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> this one is probably going to be a long question. It's from Broken Lead. His name's Mike. We appreciate him calling in with this one here we go what's happening fellas it's mike with uh, broken lead woodworks enjoy the show um i love how this community just comes together and whether it be on podcast or, or content and just share uh tips tricks knowledge or just you know brainstorming it's great i love the show anyway my question today is this being a con we're some are content creators, uh, some are not, but we're all on social media. That's how I found y'all. And with everything going on in the world, and everyone has their opinion of what's going on in the world, do you as a content creator and someone who possibly gets their income from sponsorships, do you feel expressing your opinion on your social media is justified or are you afraid that you might lose some sponsorships? And what are y'all's thoughts on that? I appreciate y'all have a great day. Keep killing it. Thanks for the call in, man. We really appreciate it. And this one's kind of a, um, this is a very touchy subject and it can be very relevant to right now. Yeah. It's really relevant and it's very Mm -hmm. hot. It's a very hot topic. And we were all kind of like, how do we want to address this? We all kind of decided, hey, let's just be honest and yeah. touch and, on it as much as to, we can. I guess we should clarify for anyone that might be listening right later the down the road. This is, this is the week of uh, many, very many riots all over uh, the U.S. over the the what well, was basically riots you know, and protests. Mer- yeah, yeah, the uh, killing of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's a rough time for the country. A lot of us have been. Like Mike, you were saying, like you're not so much distracted, but it was it was definitely a week to reflect. Yeah, and there's more important things in social media going on. Is more than anything, and it's no one's. I'm not like a victim of this. It's just not as important. Yeah. Like woodworking is important to all of us, and we love woodworking. But there's more important things going on. It's more you're, important you're than you're any of us happening. individually. Like uh, nothing we're doing individually is as important as this. Uh, especially since the three of us haven't actually been affected by it. Uh, All of it, any of it. We've never been affected by any sort of um, police brutality. None of us had our businesses shut down due to rioters. Uh, We never had anything that directly, we didn't have anything that directly affected us. Um, You know, so there's, 
people who are affected by this on different levels, you know, and I don't want to say both sides of it because it really shouldn't be stated that way, both sides of it. But, you know, there's people that get brutalized. I'm not, I don't actually want to go down that path because it's going to open up a can of worms. Um, to get really specific what? about Mike's question, let's stay on track with that. For me, uh, for a social situation like this, um, I made my opinion. Um, I wasn't super clear with it and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, try to, I didn't shove it down anyone's throat with what my stance is on it. I actually wasn't really clear except for in a story. I did do a story the night before where I really, really made my feelings clear about this thing. And I won't go into that here. Um, I'm more, I'd love to talk with people about it, about my, my feelings on the matter. If you're actually going to listen, um, on either side, I think there's people that, I'm not going to go in the, in the weeds. Sorry. I keep almost going into the weeds on this. I apologize. The answer is I'm going to give my opinion. And if I'm in a, and if I'm in a sponsored relationship, which I'm not in any sponsored relationships with anyone, um, I'm in a partnership, but they are very good to me. So I know they'll let me be me. But if I was in a, if I was in a relationship where if I gave my opinion on that and they ended that, I'd be happier to have that relationship end than to not give my opinion on it. Because this is ultimately my platform. I work to make it what it is. And I will put on it what I want to put on it. And literally no one will stop me from that. And if someone else wants to make their opinion known, then they can put the time in to build a platform. And then they can put their opinion out. And that's how it works. Because Coffee Custom Build's social media account belongs to me. And it's mine. And if you don't like it, then unfollow me. And a bunch of people did on Tuesday. And that's fine. And it's it's totally fine. I it, If you don't agree with my statement, which was realistically very innocuous, I didn't even put any words or hashtags in there uh, because I'm not sure about my feelings on some of the things uh, that were being put out there. But I do know – I'm not going to go into it. I keep almost going into my very specific opinions on this, but – yeah, but you, you said what you said. You I would, said what I yeah, said, and your, I'm happy with what I said, account. and I don't regret anything. It's my account, and I'm going to make it be what I believe. Yeah. So, and this is actually going to kind of work into another question, but I want to hear your guys' opinion, yeah. which I know we all kind of stand on the same point here, but. Well, if I, if I may, uh, I, I was, so I was very upset about obviously everything happening. Uh, I recorded uh, or attempted to record probably two or three times a, a kind of like, you know, what my opinion of it is, uh, which is that it's terrible. It's awful. This is what's happening is is not right. Uh, but I, I never posted it. And I talked about this in length with uh, with Emma. And it just seemed like, you know what, no matter what I say, I'm, I might offend someone. And you know, it wasn't that like, oh, I'm like afraid of losing followers, but like, I, I almost feel like, who the hell am I? Like you guys said, we, we haven't been affected by this in any way. I'm, you know, I want to bring light to this, but at the same time, I don't feel like, you know, I would almost feel like a hypocrite by like trying to make like a stance on social media. And then like, I don't, I haven't gone to a protest or anything. So I just said, I have very firmly believe in the whole thing of if you have nothing nice to say or nothing constructive to say, don't say anything at all. I, I apply that to brands, but if I don't like a brand, mm-hmm. I won't bash them. Mm-hmm. I just won't talk about it. And I very clearly state that anytime I work with a brand. Uh, and if a brand, like Mike said, 
you know, if I say, oh, this is terrible, and they go, hey, you shouldn't have posted that. We don't appreciate it. I'm sorry. I'm going to end that relationship. If you want your product back, I'll send it back, whatever. Like, I don't, that's not, I don't think, A, you should be in control of what I say, and B, um, only time I would say something, if it's something's being done actually wrong. I'm not going to bring politics or religion on here. I never do. That's one of my, just like cursing, politics, religion, three things I don't do on my Instagram. You know, and at the end of the day, this is hands down one of the greatest, nicest, most positive communities I have ever been in. Why do you, why else do you think I put in this many hours into this? It's not just to grow and get brands, or whatever. I genuinely love talking to these people mm-hmm. and it's very positive. People are very supportive. And when there's a troll, that troll gets called out by not just me, but everyone else. You know, people are genuinely very nice. And I, I wish we could apply that. Uh, to more of the the world. I mean, uh, uh, Jonathan Katz Moses uh, did, he started a, uh, I think it was a GoFundMe or basically a donation for it. And he said it very well. It's like, this is a great community. We need to apply the way we are in the maker community to the rest of the world because we are so accepting and loving here. Like we start and end all of our shows with, I love you. <laughs> right. You know, like we genuinely love this community. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just that's I'm, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much. Yeah. But same thing. It's hard not I'm to. Not I apologize for almost going down it like yeah. eight times. Sorry, so. I kind of ran off on a rant. <laughs> I love this community, and I wish the rest of the world was like this. It's almost an escape from the real world for me. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dan? Man, Pete, you took almost all the words right out of my mouth. Okay. Uh, I don't. Let me first off by saying I don't have any sponsorships. I don't have any partnerships. I have brands and companies that'll send me product just because. They know that I like their product and they want to see me using it. I don't have any contracts with them or anything. So I will say whatever I dang well please, Mm -hmm. whenever I want. I do keep my account as positive as possible. But there are some situations like this past week where things are bigger than me. And I did post the black square post with no hashtags. Well, I think I did the the one hashtag. We did the one. Yeah, but no comments. I turned off the comments. I don't want to hear anybody's opinion. Just kind of my little silent support. But you're right, Pete. Like, who are we? Who am I? I haven't been to a protest. None of this has has affected me. And I thought about making a story and doing all that stuff too. And I had the same thoughts you did. Like that that would make me like feel like a hypocrite and. Yeah. So I don't I don't like, I want to show my support, but I couldn't find the words. Exactly. Exactly. I can I can hardly find the words a lot of times when we're doing this podcast, <laughs> let alone <laughs> a big social issue. Um but yeah, bottom line, I I I'm I wouldn't let a brand control what I say if I wanted to say it and I felt the need to say it. Yeah. That's okay, that's good. But luckily I'm in a situation that's, where that's really not a problem. It's a non issue. It's right. a non issue. Yeah, we're lucky we don't have to deal with that. I don't well, I won't go into it. But I, I don't, I don't think that's going to actually happen. Go yeah, let's go into the next one. Let's go into the next one. Let's move we on. We definitely, uh, I think we answered it without starting <clears throat> fires. Um, this next one is from uh, from Kevin with Lefty's, Lefty's Workshop. It's Lefty's Workshop, right? It's not Woodshop. Workshop. Either way, Lefty is a friend Lefty's of Lefty's Designs. Lefty's Wood Design Shop Co. Inc. <laughs> and Global Holes. International. I have his hat. <laughs> I can go get it real quick. I know. I've got his hat too. I love Lefty. He's a, definitely a friend of the show. Yeah. Lefty's a great guy. Love Kevin. Um, Lefty, thank you for the question. Here it comes. Hey guys, Kevin with Lefty's Wood Shop here. I uh, love the podcast. I have a question for you about how much do you share personal things such as like family, birthdays, those things on your 
stories and are they just meant for stories or would you put them on your feet to kind of be more authentic thanks guys and pete uh i didn't know this but my family was from bulgaria too i know that's where you're from you mention it all the time see you guys bye bulgaria that's all the same it's all slavic (laughs) (laughs) you drink beer and eat pierogies all right I just offended a continent. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good timing. Hold on. Let um, me go get the fire extinguisher. <laughs> well, since I'm talking, I'll just I'll start. Yeah. You take it. Um. So for me, I I have a personal account. It is not Petri's Workshop. Um. If you want to follow me, I don't care. It's just Petri. And basically, that was my personal account that I was posting a lot of woodworking on. And then I realized that maybe I should just do a separate one because I feel like I'm spamming all my friends and family with woodworking. So I made a woodworking one. And then slowly, I basically migrated my life to the woodworking one. Because that this is a huge, making is a huge part of my life now. This is my main hobby. This is mainly what I do. Uh, you know, I, I did call it workshop for a reason instead of woodshop so that I, I can focus on a broader thing. It's not just woodworking. So I do post some 3D printing, some yard uh, projects, things like that on there. And in, in posts, I very rarely will post um life things or oh we're going to the beach i think the only post that was kind of personal on the woodworking account was um me and emma getting engaged last september that was i posted it on there uh still one of my best posts to date <laughs> somehow um i guess my woodworking is not up a part of our love um <laughs> but stories i think you know Especially when, when you know, because we all have kind of like a, lo- a loyal following. We have a lot of people that tend to just follow us and just follow the stories and comment on it. And they like to, I guess, see the day-to-day stuff. You know, we talk about grilling and oh, I'm going to uh, Menards and my flip-flops, as a lot of us do. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's fine. But I, I, very, I do not follow any friends except maybe like two people that are very dear to my heart. Like, I don't follow anyone on my woodworking account they can follow me i'll follow them on my regular account i only follow woodworkers and makers on my woodworking account like mm-hmm. just strictly keep it as that and and that's pretty much it so I, I keep those two lives separate but my stories i think stories is where you share the kind of the day-to-day because it goes away in a day anyways um damn what about you man you stole the words right out of my mouth again you I'm are gonna sorry. hear from my lawyers um, you can have the next question <laughs> Yeah, I have the I, same situation as Pete. I have a personal Instagram account. It's just Daniel Dunlap, one word. If you want to follow me, that's fine. But I it's, it's kind of dead know. at this point because I have migrated my whole life over to the Instagram, the woodworking Instagram. Um, and I keep all my, my personal stuff in stories. I, I don't post anything non-woodworking related in my actual feed. Um. I, I don't see any problem sharing personal stuff in stories, you know, as long as it's not too personal, you know, I'm not going to show you yeah. the, the, the cyst I have don't on my the, back. No, you know, no. <laughs> nobody wants to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that image. Um, That's yeah. Great. Look, but like Pete Hot. said, I, I show grilling, I show hanging out by the fire. I show uh, talking to my wife, making jokes. Yeah. I think that's uh, what stories are for more day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. Pete stole Mikey? my answer. Mike, what's Sorry. up? I mean, we're all on the same page with this. We're all on the same page. I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> it's all for your feed. It's your brand. You need to keep your brand true. That's, that's I mean, it's it the whole thing. Your feed is, it's got to be 
it's got to be the thing you're pushing, you know. Uh, I always, for me, I see the feed as what people, that's what gets the most ingestion, you know. Uh, reach on feed is far higher than reach in stories. I kind of see stories as a look behind the, car- <laughs> behind the curtain. It, I like that. It's like behind, look the, behind scenes. the curtain. So it's like behind the scenes, it's the people who, I don't want to say the phrase loyalist followers, but it is for the loyalist followers. It's the people who are the most interested in the account. Um, it's the free Patreon. You know, you actually have now this thing that's kind of weird in the last few months where I have some people who I interact with in stories only. They don't ever see my posts. They're on Instagram for just stories, which I didn't even know was a thing, but I do so many stories. Um, there are people who just follow that. There's people who just follow stories. So yep. for them, they're like, oh, they get to see a goofier side. My posts aren't super goofy and they don't have a whole lot of humor in them. It's really pretty straightforward and it's about it's about growing the brand. Um, but Watching your stories, Mike, is like watching a feature length film. Right. I cover everything and I do that on purpose. Like I, I go through like steps and I try to throw tips in there. <laughs> but I also try to make it so that I'm not double posting content. So what it ends up doing is becoming – the stories become a tease for my post. Um, but I don't want to yeah. go into that. The question is, um, do you put personal stuff in your posts? I don't. And I never will. And I really don't even put personal stuff on my personal page either. Prior to doing a woodworking Instagram, I never really did much social media. It's just not my thing uh, for my personal life. For my woodworking life, I can't share enough of it. <clears throat> um, but I do keep my feed very on brand and I do keep my stories very on brand as well, but that's where my personality lives. Mike Coffee lives in the stories. Mike Coffee's work lives in the posts. That's my thing on it. I know these guys are the exact same. So yep. um, you can do whatever you want. <clears throat> There's no right or wrong. There's no right way or wrong way to run your Instagram account. Just understand that certain things get certain responses and they'll see certain outcomes. Uh, yep. If you do a, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you if it makes you more happy to post pictures of your kid making a terrible piece of art or you making a cake on your woodworking page, just understand that there's going to be a disconnect from people who are there looking for woodworking and you're probably not going to retain as many followers. And if growing a following isn't important to you, but sharing what you're doing is, then you're doing the right thing for you. Yep. So just do the thing that you care about the most. But for me, Dan and Pete, we're doing – woodworking Instagram account. We want to grow our accounts as much as we can on here while still being true to ourselves. We're just going to put woodworking in our posts. That's how we do it. So that kind of answers that. Perfect answer. Um, Except for last Tuesday. Right. Yeah. And that was one of the exceptions and it's so pull. Well, we don't need to go back, but anyway, let's um, go back to that. Right. We could do this literally all day long. So that's a great question, Kevin. Always appreciate you, brother. Um, This next one is from, oh my God, I don't have his name in front of me. Um, Regal Street Workshop. His name is Lee. 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 I didn't put it in the, in the name of the title. I apologize there, but Lee from Regal Street Woodshop. Here we go. Yep. Hey guys, this is Lee from Regal Street Woodshop. Um, I'm just wondering, were you guys always comfortable getting in front of the camera? Um, I mean, I post plenty of pictures and videos, but it seems like to really get the, your account going, you got to get in front of the camera and start talking to people. Um, I'm not that comfortable with that yet, but just wondering what you guys were thinking when you started. 
Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. I'll take this one. Yep. <clears throat> uh, no. It's very weird. It's very. It was very uncomfortable. It's very unnatural. Um, you see jokes about vloggers. You can't see what I'm doing, but you see jokes about vloggers walking around with the camera facing at them or their phone facing at them and walking through uh, public, completely un are completely oblivious to what's going on around them. And it is laughable because it's silly, especially. I mean, it's really just a newer thing in the last decade that is becoming a norm, I guess. So when I started my Instagram like a year ago. I think in like June or July last year, I was like doing, okay, I got to do stories. It was very uncomfortable for me. Um, And the reason I do so many stories is because I know that with anything, for me, the best way for me to just do them is to just do it. So I was like, I'm just going to do a bunch of stories. And it's kind of just, it's just kind of stayed that way. I've, and Lee's absolutely right. If you want to grow an account, you need to put yourself in front of the camera and you need to make woodworking is woodworking is woodworking and there's varying degrees of quality and technical skill in it but ultimately woodworking is woodworking is work when people are following an account they're following the person behind the account for the most part now you've got the exceptional guys like pekovich you know you got those guys who are just incredible woodworkers who everyone's going to follow just to get a tidbit of knowledge from someone like that i'm not that technical i'm not that talented of a woodworker i want to be and i'm working towards it but that's why people are watching me because they're lo- they're watching a guy learn how to get better at woodworking that's my opinion of the matter um and if you want to have an account that is interesting you have to put a variable in there and the variable is always the person running it so you need to just do it and that's always my advice to people are you comfortable with it now i am i can literally walk through a, an airport doing a story now and it's comfortable thinking about that a year ago <laughs> that's not happening you know i wouldn't be not be doing that a year ago but now it's it's comfortable to me and it's just it's just conditioning i guess you just have to do it what do you think dan yeah i was never comfortable at first and to be perfectly honest i don't think i'm 100% comfortable still after three, four years, three years. Um, but R- Mike's right. You just, you have to condition yourself to do it. You just have to do it. Force yourself mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Just like with anything else, practice, practice, practice makes perfect. Even though I'm not perfect. I mean, right. You're never, I hate to perfect. admit that. You're never going to be uh, perfect, especially you. You're just- <laughs> right. <laughs> You just have to but keep tra- chasing it, though. It it, yep. it does feel weird, especially in public. Like, I, I try to do stories when I go to Menards. Where's my sponsorship, Menards? Um, <laughs> but it so. still feels weird. It, it I can I can see and feel people watching me when I do it, and it it's uncomfortable still. But it gets less so the more you do it. Pete, right? Dan stole my answer. That's <laughs> all we do. <laughs> Well, I, I know I feel the same way. I, I still, after doing this for a while, like pointing a camera at my face uh, while like in a store or somewhere else where there's people watching, I still get a little cringy because <laughs> I just, I feel like it still has this stigma. Like it, do, it does have that stigma. Yeah. Of like, oh, I'm recording myself. Like, look at that idiot. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times if I'm in a store, you'll see my story is a little lower. You can see up my nose because hey, I'm hiding my phone. Hey guys, it's Pete. Hey, I'm at Home Depot. <laughs> I'm at, I'm at Home oh, Depot. Hey, hey, hang on. Hold on. Give us a second. And just like, just Look at this manly okay, stuff I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I say, you know, if if you're hesitant to start it, do it in stages. That's what got me really comfortable. It was 
no stories at all. Then it turned into pictures with captions and tags. Then it was videos of stuff and me talking and maybe pointing at stuff. Then slowly the camera started turning around and now it's predominantly me, you know, holding my arm out with my face in it and showing you what I'm doing. And, you know, you get comfortable now to a point where like, oh, four stories ran out. Cool, I got cut off. And you just go, oh, yeah, I just got cut off. Let me just continue talking. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, it felt it had to feel kind of you had to script it early on. And now it's just like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. There's issues. If you trip, if you knock something over, <clears throat> guess what? It's content now. <laughs> it's out there. I used to I used to script my stories like yes. I wouldn't write them down. But, man, they had Working to be perfect. Head. And I would re-record, re-record, re-record. I mean, I, I still doing. do that now because. Well, when you uh, make a big flub, for sure. Or you really yeah, I still do it now because I trip over my words all the time. Right. I mean. Yeah, and it and it gets cringeworthy, especially when you realize that maybe you started 10 stories in a row with so, 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 yeah. so, so. Oh, I geez. And, oh, oh, did I learn quick that that was annoying. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> next one. Yeah, next one. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, where are we at? Sorry, I've lost, lost. Oh, this is from uh, Sawdust and stuff, but he, he called in a voicemail and we appreciate it. It was, what is your least favorite project to build? Um, we, we went over that a couple episodes back. I don't know exactly which one it is, but you know, for Dan, it was the survey stakes. For me, it was yes. my son's bed. And for Pete, it was, uh, I think it was like yard games and stuff. Yes, it was yard Jenga's games. and stuff. The the giant Jenga, I think you said. Yep. And yeah, we, we really was... appreciate the question, man. Uh, we did go over it, so we're not going to play the question on the air, but we just wanted to acknowledge it, so really appreciate that. Um, and the next one is from uh, Angelo at A. Valdez Woodshop. I'm going to play that one right about now-ish. Hello, this is Angelo from A. Valdez Woodshop. is for you guys. Enjoy your podcast and enjoy your information. My question for you guys is contract work. Do you do contracts on every commission piece? And how much do you require your clients to put down to start a project? Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. I think it's going to have to go to Dan on that one. It's for the contracts. Yep. So, Shockingly enough, I don't do contracts just because they're clients or not clients. Uh, builds can be so fluid. There could, there could be so many changes, and I feel like it, it would just make things more complicated than they have to be. I do do contracts on my other business work for, like, weddings and stuff, but not for client builds. But I do keep everything in writing. Like, if they want to make a change, I make sure it's in a text or an email or something so it is in writing. With that said, uh, no contracts, but I do tell them I require 50% down. So I can buy the materials and 50% upon delivery. That's yeah. My, I mean, that's my system. I agree. Yep. With, I don't have, I haven't been in a situation where a contract would be necessary, but I think a contract is necessary when there's a prescribed procedure in place. Like for a wedding, I would say there's some pretty clear things you're going to be doing and not much changes. Right. Is that accurate? That's accurate. That's, that's exactly I mean, why you're going to be you're going to be taking pictures. There's probably certain things that are expected of photographers, and it's probably a list of like ten things that all photographers do and everything, and it's in there. And the things you guys require. for a custom uh, furniture piece, like you said, it's so fluid. If you're putting something in a contract, you're just going to be reissuing a contract every time there's a change. So right. 
You, and really, in my experience with these things, uh, you want to almost – and I don't want to say this in a negative way. I think it helps everyone. You want to give as little information as you can to a client except for when they have specific design requests. Anything like that needs to be written down. But like <clears throat> how you're going to do stuff, one, I don't think the client cares how you're going to do it. I think they're coming to you because they trust that you're going to do it well and correctly. Right. Um, I mean, and they don't know about the stuff. They don't know what like joints are the right ones for this exactly. specific piece. I mean, they don't. You don't want to have that in there. It just sounds that'd be horrible if you had to do a. For instance, the check off list. Good. The Sorry. thing I'm working on now, the desk. My my original design that they signed off on had just these big beefy cantilevered legs, <laughs> and then after I built the legs, I realized there was too much flex in them, mm-hmm. so I had to make a design change on the fly. Now I sent my client a quick little sketch and said, this is what I'm going to do. I just want to make sure you're okay with that. And they said, oh, yeah, great. If I had a contract of a very specific design, then then I got to amend the contract or I got to start a new contract. And but you've lost with the, time now. Yes. Which is with this way, I just take a picture, text them. They say, yes, I got it in writing, and I can keep going. Boom. I, yeah. Yeah. Pete? I pretty much, yeah, I agree. I, I haven't done a contract because I haven't had anything that's required or anything like that. Yeah, I've done same. some larger jobs, but it also the time frame, it's usually, you know, at most a couple of weeks uh, or like a month or so. I feel like, especially with photography, you're usually, I mean, sometimes you're booking a year out. Right. So that's, you definitely want to make sure that these people, like, they know what their responsibility is, they can go back to it and whatnot. Um, as for your, oh, so what's up, Mike? Well, I didn't want to interrupt, but there's other vendors involved with the wedding too so there's oh yeah it's like with a furniture build i think you probably would want a contract if you were subbing some some stuff out i know there's woodworkers who like send off they build the piece and then someone else finishes it um you probably want to get you might want to get a contract involved there but when you're doing if you're doing built-ins on a house that's under construction or something you know where you're working with other people that's a good point Uh, yeah once again as far as situational right yeah it could be and as far as the the what amount down you should never absolutely ever 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 take any less than the cost of materials and change right like you should at the at the very least break even for cost of material and potential because if you build a whole cabinet okay if you lost out on the hours you should at the very least have the material and anything else that you may have used for that project like uh, you use of your tools and wear and tear uh that should be covered but honestly, the fifty percent I think should be standard. I mean, I don't think anyone should think that's unreasonable for something that they intend to pay in full, anyways. You know? Yeah. If you but, if you can at least sell the piece and recover yeah. that, you're you're all right. And in theory, the piece is going to sell relatively close to what your profit was going to be anyway. So in yeah, theory, right. so. Um, or you have a nice, massive, you know, walnut desk in your house. <laughs> yeah, I won't even right start there? on a project until I get that 50%. I won't right. even go There's by no the reason to. There, it's just, I'm not taking nope. that chance. It's not a consideration. I don't like to be buying on credit, like myself buying it, and then they pay me. I want the money in my hand. Yeah. Same. Right. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead, sir. Pete. Was there more? Oh, no. I said good stuff. I, oh, I think, okay. Sorry. Great um, answers, everyone. 10 out of 10. We're actually blasting through these and we're to the last voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> really? Only t- yeah. Only took 13 episodes yeah. to get this. Well, we're close to the hour mark, so yeah, we're doing well. 
No, we're doing great. Yeah, we're doing we great. BS at the end. Um, let's get to uh, this is from Alex uh, Renault from Under the Water Design and Woodwork, I believe. Yes. Um, Alex yep. is a great guy. He's very um, good to us, and he's definitely a friend of the show. So, Alex, thanks for the voice message. Here it is. Hey, fellas, what's happening? This is Alex with Under the Water Design. So, I just recently bought two books. The first one is 52 Boxes in 52 Weeks by Matt Kenny. It's all about improving your design skills one box at a time. Incredible. Just incredible. And the second book is called 500 Cabinets, a showcase of design and craftsmanship. And again, incredible. The conceptualization, the workflows, the ability to think and then produce these types of pieces are just exceptional. And I love it from a design perspective. So what books do you guys have on your coffee table that you absolutely love? I'll take this. Um, thanks for the question, Alex. Um, I have, I have four woodworking books that I go to regularly and it's embarrassing because two of them I can't remember the name of, but I, um, well, I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, one of them is essential joinery by Mark Spagnolo, uh, which I've read that book through and through a few times. It's not, you know, (laughs) it's not Lord of the Rings, but it's really relevant to woodworking and it is a good read and it has a lot of fantastic information in it. Um, another one is, uh, it's a cutting board book by Pachuto, David Pachuto made. And, um, it's, it's a good book. Uh, you know, cutting boards are cutting boards. They're, you know, it, but it is a good book to read. It's got some good techniques in there and it's, it's a pretty decent book. The other one is essentially, well, the other two are basically, uh, woodworking encyclopedias. They are, I'll, I, I'll try to find the notes and get them over to Pete. I'll take pictures of them. They are fan fantastic i got them at a bookstore i think it was barnes and nobles but they have every type of joint how to do them everything both of them between the two books there is and one of them is just full of plans um they're both really great i have jumped into those on almost every single larger project that i've ever done just as reference point they were written a long time ago uh, they're pretty old. I want to say one's from the early nineties and one's from the early eighties. Uh, but it's all the essential stuff and none of that's changed. So it's, uh, they're really good books. So I'll put, I'll get those to Pete so we can get them in the show notes, but they're fantastic books. Pete. What about you, Dan? Oh, oh no, okay. Pete. <laughs> all right, I'll go. Uh, so for <laughs> me, it has, sorry, Dan, you got to wait. Yeah. The, the boss said. The boss. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Um, so for me, I, I've definitely had some books, uh, go across my coffee table. They're probably still in the house. I have never actually sat to read them completely through, but I've definitely referenced them quite a bit. And I, I can't for the life of me remember the names or figure out where they are in a house at this point. But the things that I use absolutely the most has been, I, I was a long time subscriber to the Woodsmith shop and a lot of the, like, these little woodworking magazines. You know, the ones that cost a lot of money, except when you get that 99% off sale and then you can sign up for a year and it's like $3 mm-hmm. for 100 magazines. They're paying you for it? Yeah. Yep. They're basically paying me to take them off their hands. <laughs> they are really shock full of great little projects. They have great plans in them. Um, 
you know, I highly recommend them. There's there's times that you can go to like a yard sale and somebody just has a crate of them. Right. One time I bought a crate of Woodsmith Shop magazines and it was like it was like there's some good good information in there. I like to consume content in like little bites. So I'm not I'm not one to like sit down and read the whole book, but I would love to like sit there and read a whole uh, article on it and some different, you know, skills and things that they recommend and then maybe try something like that. And and anytime I need to find something specific, you know, I find that even with a good index, the book might sometimes be hard to find that one thing that you're looking for. Uh, I, I know Mark Spagnuolo's book. That book is phenomenal. I'm pretty sure I have it here somewhere as well. Uh, that actually has a pretty good index, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. It does. Uh, but if you're looking for something very specific, you know, modern times, so you can look up a video, but don't just ever trust one video. Find a good resource. Find a couple different ways to do it. Pick the best one that works for you. Uh, so between video and those magazines, I think that's been my main uh, resource. What about you, uh, you Dan? You guys may find this shocking, but I'm not very, very into reading. <laughs> That's why it was thrown to you last. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do a lot of reading. I don't like that. Um, when you like said my woodworking books in quotes. audio form. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I actually have that same David Picciuto book about cutting mm-hmm. boards, which mm-hmm. is a great book. I have his bandsaw book too. I'm looking it up on my shelf. That's why I'm looking up here. And then, uh, my wife and kids bought me, uh, how to make picture frames book mm. that is still in the cellophane wrap. I haven't opened that and it's been up there for a couple of years. That was a subtle hint from your wife that you failed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to a, a woodworking store in Kansas city over the winter. And I picked up this, the weekend woodworker annual 1992 quick and easy projects book <laughs> for free. Nice. They were just giving it away. And I'm like, I'll nice. take that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever opened it, but it looks cool. Stuff that has projects in it is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's free. And I was pictures. like, I mean, oh, 92, I'll take that. I hate to sound like a kid, but it's got to have a lot of pictures. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it really <laughs> helps. I mean, it really does it help. Really does not, it doesn't I mean, have pictures. I mean, what is a visual the point? Um, <laughs> also, I don't have a coffee table, so I can't put books on my coffee tables. So. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, as far, I, was, I know I was joking around uh, about audiobooks, about woodworking, but uh, Nick Offerman's Good Clean Fun, and there was another woodworking one that he made. Both actually pretty good books, and he reads both of them. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I've actually <laughs> listened to a little bit of that. I need to get back into that. Thanks for reminding me, Pete. <laughs> it's nice to hear his journey too. Like, I mean, how he basically was building like sets for for theater. Right, that's, that's started. how he got started. He's yeah. got Offerman Woodshop, mm-hmm. one of those badass shops I've ever seen. Right. right. Um, and then also, not to get quickly out of this topic, but remember how I said we'd gotten through all of our voicemails. Uh-huh. I was wrong. There was another oh. one I missed. <laughs> it's from uh, Ben with Condorosa uh, Creations. Ah, yes. And mm-hmm. I completely missed that one. Sorry, Ben. Here it is right here. We got time. We're right. We got time. Yeah, we're good on time. We, we got, got time. time. We got time. Let's do this. We're thing. just under an hour. Yeah, we're doing great. I'm going to hit play. So we have 30 minutes left. Right. <laughs> no, no. Hey, fellas. Ben from Condorosa Creations here. Thanks again for uh, answering our questions. Love the podcast. Here's a non-woodworking one for you. We are, uh, you know, around 250 followers on Instagram and uh, would like to do a contest to help reach uh, 500 followers. And um, just kind of curious your guys' thoughts on um, the right way to reach out to sponsors, to maybe try and involve them and other makers, um, getting them involved. Just uh, curious what your thought process is on that. Thanks a lot and uh, love to listen. Um. 
Would you guys, one of you guys like to take this one first or would you like me to? I will. Go ahead. Oh, Dan okay. does. Um, I mean, if you want to reach out to sponsors, just reach out to them and be yourself. With that said, I, I don't know if that would do any good. I mean, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest and blunt, I mean, that's so mm-hmm. like such a low, like reach. I don't know mm-hmm. of many sponsors that would participate, but maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know everything. Maybe it would be better to make a mallet or something and, and try to give that away. Give give away something that you've made that you can give back to the community. Mm-hmm. That that would be the yep. route I would go if I were to ever do a giveaway again. I, like, I, um, first of all, congratulations on 250. And I know Dan feels that as well. Um, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, congratulations. The all. first thousand is, uh, the first, when you hit your thousand, first thousand, it feels... Um, it's really, it feels really good. It feels big. It feels, yeah. it's really, and it is big and, uh, it, it's a hard one to hit, I think. Um, and I agree with Dan hundred percent, 250 followers. And this is meant to be said in a way that is not rude at all, but it's just not a lot of followers. Um, it is a big achievement for you personally, but in the grand scheme of how brands work with folks, there's no value for them to get. So when you do your post and you have 250 followers, it reaches a certain percentage of your feed, right? So you have, let's say if you're lucky, if I'm lucky, I get a third of my feed views my posts. So let's say, we'll say half for yours. So you get 125 people to view that giveaway and then there's some hype that gets on it and it gets some reach and let's say you hit like 800 people view that post the likelihood of you getting the brand any more followers is pretty low at that size um and truth be told for me (laughs) i have never followed an account for a giveaway (laughs) uh i just don't do it I, I, if someone's doing a giveaway and they're like, Hey, you have to follow, that's always the minimum recommendation is you have to follow all the accounts that are, that are uh, sponsoring specifically in the woodworking community. I know other communities don't really require that I've seen. Uh, but in the woodworking community, if you're doing a giveaway, you've got to require everyone to follow that account. Um, I don't do it, but the ones I will do a giveaway if I happen to be following everyone already. Um, and the other thing is, is, after hitting 10,000, and I know Dan probably feels the same way. I'm sure Peter. Giveaways really aren't that important. And I'm not really sure how they've become like a thing you have to do in woodworking. I felt the pressure to do it early on. Um, I know we've all felt the pressure to do it early on. Um, and they will give you a small follower boost. But sometimes you get, you'll get you get followers out of it that are literally just there for the giveaway. And if they don't win, yes. like, boop, boop, yeah. boop, 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 they just drop out. So you're getting false engagement out of it. Um, I would just caution falling into the giveaway game, I guess. It's just not as important as you would think. It's just not important. The biggest thing above all on Instagram is content. It's and engagement. content and engagement. And if you really want to... <clears throat> do something that's going to help get you to 500. Maybe exa- I agree with Dan hundred percent make something that is so cool 
that people are going to say, wow, that's really cool. I do want to win that. And I kind of don't agree with Dan on a mallet. I did a mallet giveaway. I think mallet giveaways are fun and they're it great. Was just or something a for you can no, I know. I know what you mean. 100%. Dan's How 100% right. But if, if I'm giving you like a, a bit of extra advice, make something that's super duper unique that not a lot of people have made or no one has made that kind of brings attention to you and what you're making. A cutting board. <laughs> and that's the thing that's hard with, with an account. I don't know Ben's exact woodworking journey. I don't know if he's newer to woodworking or if he's been doing it for a while. The problem is, is usually not problem. The situation is, is when you're starting on here and you're a newer woodworker, you're not really making anything that no one hasn't seen before. So it's just really tough. And you don't really want to put your follower growth in the hands of a giveaway is what I'm saying. Now, giving away to the community is a great idea. I agree with that 100%. I did the, I did a mallet giveaway and it was fun. Like it was just something I made. I actually really, that was my most favorite giveaway. Uh, my 10K giveaway was huge. It was a huge giveaway. And it really wasn't as stressful as other ones because I kind of have it down to a science after doing, I've done three <laughs> brand giveaways and they just aren't very fun. Um, it's a lot of work and it distracts from stuff that really is important. Um, and I, it's a really long rant, but. You know, it's just not okay. – I'm trying not to be like a downer because it is a big accomplishment. And I'm not trying to talk down on the 250. That's really cool. And when you get to 500, that's also really cool. And when you hit 1,000, that's awesome. I think I think we can all agree that like 1,000 yeah. is the hardest, right? Yes. Like that's, that first 1,000 is tough. And then uh, everything starts to kind of pick I mean, up after that. think of that number. That's 1,000 people that saw your account and were like, whoa, cool. Yeah. Click. Like they genuinely were like they had a connection for a second. Yeah. Uh, if you want to take out the the, you know, the people that just click for whatever, right. a hundred less, but still, that's a, that's a big number. Yeah. Yep. You know. So, uh, my two cents would be, you know, if you really want to, yes, you can reach out, but you know, again, not to be like brutally honest, it is a tough. You know, I I had brands that would one up me with a number until I just gave up. Where I was like, oh, I want to do a thousand giveaway. They're like, sorry, we don't work with anyone unless they're five. And then I did a 5K and they were like, sorry, 750 or 7,500. 7, I was like, you know what? I'm done with you. Yeah. yeah let's just say no or don't respond. But one thing you can do is if you're using some of these brands already, you know, start tagging them, uh, post them in stories and tag them in stories. You just, you don't need to make it a feature across the front of your story, just small font in the back in a corner. You know, when you actually do start having a conversation with the brand, even if they didn't like or respond to any of your stories, if they see that you, there's like a, you know, it shows where you tag them, but it doesn't actually show what the post is anymore. If there's like 10 of those, they're going to go, oh, like he uses our brand. He actually features it. Okay, cool. And anytime you reach out to them, it always word it and always come into it with, what can I do for you guys to help you grow? Which would then, as, as you know, as a favor, you'd send me potentially stuff. Like, how can I help spread the word about your brand? And when you do a giveaway, you have to do a lot of promotion because they, they like to see that. And that's that's going to mean you're more likely to get one later. That being said, like Mike and Dan said, giveaways are fun. Giveaways are stressful. I kind of over giveaways. I'm probably mm -hmm. going to do one for my 10K you and should. probably one ever again. I'm doing one uh, soon. Or, now I feel like if I do giveaways, I'm going to do quick one item yep. giveaways. Yep. That's you know, where I'm at with like them. One item. Working I with the brand specifically. Exactly. Yeah. Like something I have, maybe like something I made. With something that the brand gave me, stuff like that. Where it can, it's a little fun, quick one weekend thing. Uh, I, I'm not big on those like 
10 items and package one and package two. Oh, and if you're born on this day, come on. Oh, God. forget it. And so if you have to take me off platform, that's even less like, I know some people like to use the, I think Mike used I the use one Gleam, that was off platform. Gleam IO. Yeah. I use, God, it's great. I use something else. It wasn't Gleam. I used one of those. It was through a brand. They, I think it just was Gleam, but it was through them. Uh, and that was just like, I feel like I got zero engagement from that. So it's tough. Yeah. But build that I, relationship. I got like 900 entries. It's plenty. It's just fine. Yep. People will get free. Will go after free stuff. And if they don't want to get, if they don't want to do one click to get free stuff, then that's completely yeah. fine with me. It makes it easy for other people who will take the one extra no. second out of their day to click off platform. So my my and, my opinion on it is, I agree. People don't want to go off platform, yeah. but if they want to get something that's got like a thousand dollars worth of free stuff in it. Maybe make them make them take maybe, that one extra yeah, step, and that's just fine. <laughs> and if it's gonna if they're gonna take that extra step, well, the thing with Gleam is, uh, you can get them to. I had like five hundred subscribers to my YouTube before I had a YouTube video out because I did that twenty five hundred giveaway, and I made people subscribe. Well, I just directed them to my YouTube page. They didn't even know about it because no one goes off platform on Instagram, and by forcing them to go off platform, they were like, "Oh, Mike has a YouTube." I'll subscribe since I'm here and you can't actually make people subscribe to things through gleam. The API doesn't allow that, but that is actually more, more worthwhile than the, the giveaway itself for growing hundred percent followers. And that's literally yeah. the only re- that's why Driving I recommend traffic. gleam and I should have done it for my 10 K, but I didn't, I was trying to make it as open as possible. It just depends on how you want to run your giveaway. And the bottom line is it's just yeah. a ton of work. Dan's it Dan is. had a terrible time with his. Yeah. Dan, I'll never Dan was doing another miserable. giveaway again. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they're just they really can be a bear. Yeah. And let's be real. Like the the amount of work, like labor hours we put into Instagram and our posts and reaching out to people and reaching out to the brands for just giveaways and regular posts, that at minimum wage, we could buy all this stuff and then some. Right. You know, like if we actually worked those hours on like a regular job, it's it's not just about getting the product cuz we literally could afford that. I could deliver pizzas and get myself, you know, a helical head joiner uh, in just a couple months. Like I can do that, you know, but it's not about that. It's about engaging the community. You know, we do it because even if I had to like buy an item to throw in for a giveaway, uh, I'll do it, you know, if it's the right thing. So think of it that way. All right. Before, before we go on, I want to say a few more things. Yes. Yeah. I got more things to say. Yeah. Um, We're not trying to talk Ben out of doing a giveaway. We're not trying to talk Ben out of, Reaching out to brands. I mean, worst case scenario, they just tell you no. Yep. Do whatever you feel like, but we're just trying to give you some helpful advice because we've been there and we've done that. Yeah. My first giveaway, I when I reached a thousand, I went to Menards and bought glue, a couple clamps, and something else, like a little machinist square, and I gave that away out of my own pocket. And when I saw who won that, it was it really like took the whole funness of the giveaway away from me because I went and looked at this guy's account and he had nothing but reposts of giveaways because giveaways. Yeah. Basically that's all he did. So I, I sent it out to him and blocked him like two, two days later because I was like, man, what a, what a crock. And then my second giveaway, when I reached 4,000, I was like, okay, I'm going to make something because I want to give back to the community. I mean, that's what giveaways are about for me, giving back to the community. So I made, I think I made five mallets and I gave them all back away to the community. And that went very well. I really enjoyed that. I had a lot of uh, interactions with people. I had like a crazy like 
uh, response. Like I wanted, you had to follow me. Plus you had to give me your grandma's secret recipe or something like that. It was really ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and people had yeah. fun with it. Yeah. I, I think we're just kind of, I mean, I did one at seven fifty, and that was super dumb. I don't know why I did a seven. It was dumb. I, because I, it seemed big back then. Well, it's no, not big it's not that. Excited. It was the thing. That's the I, thing. I was, it, was, it felt big and I was excited and not talking down to anyone's sizes. Um, but I really felt like I was supposed to do one. Yeah, it's you such a feel weird yeah. pressure. And it's like, what the yeah, heck? Yeah, there why? is pressure. Now, like, going back and looking back, I'm like, man, that was so dumb. I don't know why I didn't wait for a thousand. It made a thousand less special, which really a thousand is a huge milestone personally. Yeah. Realistically, I did a three K one and it was like, why? I did two and a half and I was like, yeah, that was kind of dumb too. Uh, the ten, I think the thousand and the ten K, I think those are really good ones to do. And I think all the ten K ones, but I think after you start hitting, I think it's kind of the same. Once you do after your ten K one, everyone's kind of like, I don't really like doing those and coordinating it with a bunch of people. I'm just going to do one with one brand from now on, or just do one from yourself. Or really, you really, really shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't. Let me rephrase this. For me, I don't want to do it based on follower counts anymore because it's just not about follower counts anymore. Yeah. It's kind of just like, I just want to do giveaway. And the mallet one yeah. was the most enjoyable one because I had to, I, I had a bunch of people asking me, how do I do my mallets? So I wanted to make a mallet YouTube video and I don't need any more mallets <laughs> because I have mallets. <coughs> right. So I made the mallet video and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give this mallet away. And that was such a fun giveaway. And it was just really enjoyable because I wasn't. I didn't have to make sure brands were happy. I didn't have to make sure anything else. And then whoever – and then it ended up being Ray who won it, Ray Rossiter, who, you know, love Ray. And I've been lucky. I haven't been in this situation where I've had someone win where it's like, man, this is just a, a, a woodworking giveaway account where they just win woodworking giveaway all the time. Um, my first one was a guy that I still talk to on here. He's a woodworker. We follow each other. He's a great guy. Um, the second one was um, a gal. She's ended up becoming like a really great follower. She like likes and comments on a lot of my posts and she responds. She's been great, you know, and it's just, I've had positive responses or positive uh, outcomes. outcomes. Thank you. I've had positive outcomes of my giveaways um, and I haven't had a bad experience like, like Dan has, but overall they're just not really enjoyable and they're just not really important. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say that. They're, but they aren't. They aren't really aren't important. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like the big stuff is is really engaging with the community. And if you the energy it takes to put together a giveaway, you could put together a pretty sick video, and spend some yeah. time editing a really cool video and make some really really neat content. Um, that's my opinion. Focus the energy elsewhere to something that's more productive for your account. I guess. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Another thing I've done that I really enjoy is uh, I've made mallets for other makers giveaways and i've given yep. them to the makers i i've yep. done that four or five times i think and adge uh one of the guys mm -hmm. that we all follow at i can't say his last name sorry adge uh I he actually know. yeah he actually won one of the mallets and he posted it like last week or something like mm -hmm. that and i gave that mallet away like a year and a half ago or two years ago or something like that yeah so yeah i've i've been known to do that which i enjoy i enjoy doing that. i i would to get back to Ben's question, honestly, Ben, you're probably not going to get any positive response from any brands. And I would caution reaching out to them too early because they might actually think, whoa, this guy is asking really early. It might leave a bad taste in their mouth. Yep. But start building that relationship. But start tagging the brands you do use so it looks authentic. But if you're really dead set on doing a giveaway, 
I would reach out to some other accounts that you talk to that are around your size or have a similar or have a relationship with on here and maybe talk about with them about doing a maker giveaway. Um, that's a route. If you're dead set on doing a giveaway, um, if, if you're still dead set on that. So, and we're not trying to talk you out of it. Just, just don't think it's going to get you 250 followers. Cause I've never had a, I've never had a giveaway, get me 250 followers. Uh, I've had posts, get me 250 followers, but I've never had a giveaway, get me those kind of followers ever. Um, my best one, I don't, doesn't matter what the numbers are. The numbers aren't important. The point is you're not going to get, you're not going to double your follower count from a single giveaway. You're just not. Um, I think that we've killed that and destroyed his hopes and dreams. So, uh, (laughs) it's funny. I thought, I thought we all thought that that was going to be the quickest subject. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the bottom line. We, we all have we all have our opinions in our head about it, but we all we're also trying to like deliver it in a non rude way, uh, right. and that's why it's kind of taken a while. And Ben, we don't we don't, we aren't trying to be rude at all. We are giving you our we none of us want to like do this thing. We want to give you an gloves. honest opinion. We're just trying I mean, to give you, you an, in honest here for an honest opinion. Like we're giving yeah. you our opinion, having done this whole giveaway thing. Um, it's just not really worth it. Um, but they yeah. can be really fun. That's the other side of the coin. You know, that's why it's taking so long to explain this and get to our point on it is Dan did his mallet giveaway. I did a mallet giveaway. You know, Pete gave away. I don't know what Pete gave away. A tchotchkes or something like that. Tchotchkes. Uh, <laughs> you know, they can be very fun. I think the more brands you have involved and the more complicated you make it, the less fun it's going to be. Yes. So, um, also, let's call that. Let's call it the end of that. <laughs> I don't want to keep running. <laughs> the end of that. In the ground. Well, question. Yep. So I think with that, we're going to try to wrap this thing up. Uh, again, thank yep. you to Bear Hollow uh, Supply for sponsoring the episode this week. We really yes. appreciate them. And we'd love it if you gave them some love. Thank you to all of you. Me and Dan and Pete did a call out on Friday for uh, voicemails. And you guys came through big time. And we really appreciate it. Even the duplicate ones. We're not dis- discounting those by any means. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. To send us questions, we do appreciate it very much. Thank uh, you. We uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, the 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 downloads are growing, and we're really proud of that. And we really appreciate your guys' support. Uh, we hope to keep growing this thing, and we hope to just keep taking this thing to the top. And we just want you guys along with the ride on the ride with us. Um, we literally cannot do this without you. It'd just be the three of us talking to each other on a Skype call every week, and that's just sad. So uh, thanks for listening to us and making it worth our time. We really appreciate that. Um, if you could give Make us- sure to leave five-star reviews. I was going to say it. Only. Well, I was gonna say you can't it. have all of it. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure to leave five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. It really helps us grow. And, you know, the faster we grow, the more content we can bring. You know, we'll do some special episodes, things like that. And leave us more voicemails because we're all out of voicemails yeah, now. Yeah, we're all out of voicemails We now. lied about the number. This was all of them. <laughs> Um, I think this is the but, most you know, voicemails we've had in one week. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We had eight voicemails. <laughs> we yeah. had a lot. Yeah. And you can call in for the voicemail. So the number is 754-CALL-AWP or 754-2255-297. Nice. But we ideally would love for you to just go to the voice memo app on your phone, record the voice memo, and drop it in an email to anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com because they sound so good. They yes. sound great. They sound so great. Good. And they're you easier awesome. for Mike good. to edit into the podcast. Let's be yes. honest. Yes. They are easier. Well, I guess we can call this a wrap. Thank yes, you, everyone. Have a great week. And you know, I can say this for both of the boys here. 
It's we love you long time. We love you. I like saying it for myself time. though. Makes okay, but I want you to say it too. Oh. So you know, toodles. Okay, it just feels like toodles. Did I ruin it? <laughs> you guys That's look super it. sad. <laughs> say it your own. Way. Okay, whatever. You know what? I'll say, guys. Yavas Shisky Koham. There you go. I said what? it in Polish. What? Yeah, there you Don't go. Do that again. Boom. <laughs> no, I said it. Or uh, I could do Ukrainian. No, 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 no. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Boom, baby. All right. We, got- we love you long time. <laughs> love you long time. Bye, bye, bye. Love you guys. Bye.